A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi-ho. <laughs> Welcome to Kids Birth Tales. My brother's name is Ozzy and I'm Guy Boy. Thank you for missing from Molly's podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. Thank you so much for being here. I am your host Jordan. I'm a mum of two. I have Jai who's three and a half and Ali who is 20 months. I have been absolutely like smacked in the face this week with the kids um, being unwell and just trying to juggle work and the podcast and the business and everything. So if you um, are new around here, I have a business baby too called Your Birth Project and Your Birth Project is an online hypnobirthing course designed to help you create your best birth. It's also an online store with pregnancy, birth and postpartum products. We try to ship same day if you order before one o'clock and we ship all over the world so make sure you go and check that out and it's also a beautiful journal which is a pregnancy keepsake it's birth education and it's beautiful postpartum reflection so that's a little bit about your birth project I'd love for you to go and check it out Um, especially if you're pregnant it's just going to help you to create your best birth so yeah very excited about what that can offer you but anyway so my week has been just um, a bit of a nightmare we had Ali sick Monday Tuesday well, actually, he's been like sick all weekend and then Monday, Tuesday. Um, and Joe's just started a new job, which means that um, he is having a hard time taking any time off with the kids, which he usually would. So it's all fallen with me this week and it just feels like it's been a week. And I think it is Thursday today. Um, and Jai's now home with tonsillitis. So, yeah, just feels like... This week is kicking me while I'm down, but I'm getting through it and Jai's hanging out with his grandparents right now while I get this episode out to you because I owe you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's late this week, but I am just surviving, not thriving. And I feel like I've probably said that on this podcast before, but that's what I'm doing. Anyway, so today I am speaking with Taylor and Taylor is mum to Hadley. She is four weeks old or a month old um, and she's got such a beautiful positive birth story to share with us I just think I just know actually there's going to be so many people who love this episode I'm definitely going to add it to the Your Birth Project course because she's a Your Birth Project mum but it's just such a positive story and um, yeah I know that you're going to get a lot out of it she talks us through her pregnancy she's actually a skaboo nurse so a special care baby unit um, nurse that's her job she worked up until 37 weeks, so she talked uh, talks us through what that was like and then into her spontaneous um, labor and quite quick birth story. I think it took about six hours and then what life has been like over the last month or so with little Hadley. So I know you're going to love this episode. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to give me some feedback or just chat about the episode, send me an email, J-O-R-D-Y-N. Jordan at KiwiBirthTales.com or find me on Instagram at KiwiBirthTales or at Your Birth Project. 
Again, I am so grateful that you choose to have me in your ears. I know that you've got lots of different things that could you could be watching or listening to. So you being here is just, yeah, I'm super grateful. So I hope you love the episode. I'd love to hear from you. Enjoy. Hi, Taylor. Thanks so much for joining me on the Kiwi Birthdays podcast today. Thanks for having me. No problem. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Sure. So I'm Taylor. I'm 25 years old and I'm a nurse. Um, I work in the special care baby unit and Mm -hmm. I previously have worked in um, a postnatal ward at the local DHB here. In my family, um, we have Dylan, who's my partner, and we've been together for five years. And then we have two dogs who were definitely our first babies. <laughs> Nipsey is nearly four and Nala is nearly three. And then we've just welcomed um, Miss Hadley into the world about yeah a month ago now. Yeah. She's so new. She <laughs> is new so new. Yeah. Cute. I love her name. That's so cool. Hadley. I really like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it took us, I think, in total 10 days. I think, before we yeah. had a name. Oh, um, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We took so long, which is, you know, I liked Hadley right from the get-go. Um, yeah. When we were still in hospital, I said we should name her that, and it just took my partner yeah. a little bit of time to come around, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, we're going to talk through, yeah, a lot of um, your pregnancy, birth, and postpartum experience so far, but why don't we start with, what the journey was like to pregnancy for you and Dylan. Cool. So um, beginning of last year, I think I'd always been on the pill um, ever since we'd kind of, even through high school. Um, So I'd probably Mm. been on the pill for eight, nine years at that point. Um, And I think it would have been the end of 2021 we had discussed obviously that we would like to have a family one day and all of that. So we decided that I would come off the pill. Yeah. January of last year. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to give my body like a good six or so months of just kind of regulating itself again. Um, mm-hmm. And just for me to like get back in touch with my cycle and all of that kind of stuff. So I came off the pill then Um And I think I started tracking my ovulation around April, just out of interest. And I definitely like ovulated later than what all the apps said. So like the Mm. apps. How were you tracking your um, ovulation? I used the sticks. um, And then just obviously like my body signs as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I definitely ovulated a lot later than what all the apps had predicted that I would ovulate at. Mm. Um, so I'm kind of glad that we did that. But yeah, once, it, yeah, I think um, it came around to June and we said, yeah, like we would start kind of like trying. And I felt, well, I found out I was pregnant in August. So oh, wow. I think, yeah, it, we didn't fall pregnant on the first month, but it must have been the second. So yeah. still very lucky, very quick. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. And how were you feeling when you saw that positive pregnancy test? Um, yeah, were you shocked? <laughs> what, were, yeah, what were the emotions? It was, it, yeah, I don't know. Nobody can really um, like tell you what it's going to be like. I was in shock. Like even yeah. though I was 
trying to get pregnant almost, but mm. I was still like yeah. in disbelief that there was two yeah. lines. So yeah. I went back down the road because I only had one test and I bought more. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just kind of sat in it for the rest of the day. And because I did it first thing in the morning, um, mm. I was due for my period that day, which is why I tested. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, nobody can really, I guess, tell you what it's going to be like. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I think um, that was kind of for the rest of, you know, my first 20 or so weeks, I think it was just mm-hmm. like, I didn't really think it was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, awesome. And what about your, like, pregnancy symptoms in the first trimester? Did you have any morning sickness or other pregnancy symptoms that you noticed in the first 12 weeks? I think I was just really tired from memory, like Mm. utter exhaustion. Like I'd come home from work and I'd just collapse on the couch. I remember I had night shifts um, Mm. and my other symptom was I would get super nauseous in the evenings. Yeah. So like I would have have to have dinner around like four or five o'clock. Um, mm. and then that was me for the rest of the night. Like I just felt so <laughs> sick. So when those yeah. night shifts came round, I was exhausted and super nauseous. Mm. Um, and I do remember one of the girls that I was working with at the time was like, are you pregnant? And I was like, no. <laughs> no, why are you asking that? <laughs> why, why did you say that? Yeah. Yeah. Also, I can't even imagine like working a job like a nurse where you're on your feet the whole time and like you've got to be really paying attention and <laughs> yeah <laughs> you've got little babies around oh man I work from home and I was still exhausted so yeah I can't well that. I think that was one of the memories that I do have like from working those night shifts I think I must have been around eight or nine weeks so I was really kind mm. of in the thick of it at that point yeah and um one of the little babies <laughs> was quite spilly and so oh, no. he he had um you know like he had spewed kind of like in his rolls and stuff like that on oh, his no. um in his neck and I just remember picking him up to feed him and just being like oh I'm gonna be sick <laughs> yeah yeah oh no not nice yeah. yeah and did you decide to go with a midwife for your care and how did you go about finding one if you did Yes, so I went with a midwife. I had already chosen my midwife mm. before I knew I was pregnant. I guess that's one of the perks working, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, around birth and babies is that, you know, mm. you kind of get to see all the different midwives in action. Um, yeah. And, yeah, right from the get-go, I loved the midwife that I chose um, just purely for the care that she provided and mm. – um, you know, her attention to detail with, you know, her woman and babies. Yeah. um, My midwife did end up going into like a collective. Um, So I started my pregnancy with her, but then she joined about three other midwives um, the beginning of this year. Yeah. So, but all of the midwives that were in that collective all shared the same views and, Mm they all operated exactly like her. So I was very happy. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And did you choose to do all of the testing that's offered to you in your pregnancy in New Zealand? Yes. So I think just, we didn't do the NIP test. Um, 
but yeah we did all of the scans and yeah. I had all the bloods and stuff like that yeah we um purely decided not to do that test um just because it yeah for us it wouldn't have really changed anything and I mm-hmm. yeah it was again kind of like um what am I going to do with the information yeah you yeah. know from from the test yeah. I guess yeah and what about finding out the sex? Did you decide to do that in your pregnancy? No. So no. Miss Hadley was a um, yeah gender surprise, which <laughs> was um, honestly like the best thing ever. I think I could have definitely yeah. caved a couple of times. There was definitely, <laughs> yeah. there was definitely curiosity, um, yeah. especially around my scan times I found more than mm. anything. I got very curious as to what she was, but um, Dylan wasn't giving up on the surprise, so he didn't let me find out. Yeah, yeah, awesome, cool. And talk us through how were you feeling about birth? Like, what were your thoughts in your pregnancy about how you wanted to give birth? Did you have any anxieties about it? Yeah, like, what were your thoughts um, before you did any, like, antenatal education or anything like that? So before I found out I was pregnant, I loved birth, loved watching <laughs> videos of birth, just loved everything about it. And yeah. then I got pregnant and <laughs> I guess I just got, all of a sudden got super anxious, realized yeah. that I actually have to do that myself. Mm. Um, and I guess working in the environment that I do, like it can at times be filled with quite like negative associations with birth. So yeah, yeah, you know, like I can somewhat see everything that can go wrong, mm, um, mm. which makes it quite hard to get into like that positive mind frame. So, you know, yeah. I listened to your podcast during um, my pregnancy and even beforehand, and you know, it's like yeah. fill yourself with positive birth stories and things like that. And that was mm. very easy for me to do outside of work, but I had kind of no control over you know when I did get to work mm-hmm. um don't get me wrong like I work in a level two unit so you know the super scary stuff you know happens once in a blue moon mm. um but we do see like you know the low blood sugars and all of that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff on the regular and um so yeah I definitely felt anxious going in um yeah just yeah knowing that I had to do it and I think with my partner he obviously had no idea about anything (laughs) so yeah um also trying to like educate him yeah for sure and what were your thoughts around where you wanted to give birth so did you want to do it at home in a birth center in hospital what were you sort of thinking initially so I think I'm quite lucky because I had previously had maternity experience before Skaboo I knew that, like, the bad stuff was a very small percentage of, Mm, you know, all births. So in the beginning, I was quite open to a home birth. Yeah. However, I just could not get, like, fully into that mindset, (laughs) if that makes sense. I really, really liked the idea of it. But I just, you know, seen, you know, and heard and so I, it kind of was something that, yeah, I couldn't really wrap my whole head around and get fully into. So we opted for the birthing centre here in Hawke's Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is attached to our hospital, but yeah, it's oh, cool. the primary birthing centre, yeah. 
So that's where I hoped that I could give birth um, if all went well here. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And talk us through your thoughts around birth education. Did you do antenatal classes? What were your thoughts? Yeah, what did you want to do there? With In terms of education, we did do antenatal classes, mostly for my partner, um, mm-hmm. just to give him kind of an idea on what to expect and yeah, yeah. all of that. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it was nice because I also just got to meet other people. Yeah, um, yeah. And then – we uh, we both did your birth project oh, cool. um yeah so we did that together and again that was super helpful for Dylan and and myself mm. just to yeah do it together and so we're getting the same information and then yeah. at the end of my pre I think we did it quite early in my third trimester like around mm-hmm. the 30 week mark um, yeah. And then we revisited a whole bunch once I kind of got to term, yeah, like around 37 mm-hmm. weeks. Um, yeah, yeah. But I really, for me, the part of the Your Birth Project, which is that fear, tension, pain cycle, mm-hmm. that really, really helped me because it is very easy, obviously, to tense up. And yeah. I think that helped me a lot in my birth, um, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Cool. And how were you feeling at the end of your pregnancy? When did you finish up work? Um, yeah, talk us through the final few weeks of your pregnancy. So I worked till 37 weeks, mm-hmm. which was quite ambitious in the end, yes. really. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, that first week that I had off maternity leave, it was really nice. I just booked in a whole bunch of, you know, appointments and, like, did lots of self-care and yeah. just really tried to unwind from work. Um, so that, yeah, that week was super nice. But I did get super uncomfortable in the end and just so tired. Mm. Like, yeah. I couldn't sleep properly. And I remember walking in to work it would have been like my last day or second to last day or something like that and turning mm-hmm. around and saying like I just can't wait to sleep comfortably <laughs> again like I'm so mm-hmm. uncomfortable at night I'm waking up all the time my hips are sore yeah. um, and basically the whole you know the reaction that I got was you're having a baby Taylor like you're <laughs> never really gonna sleep comfortably yeah, again yeah. But yeah. I was trying to explain, like, it's not necessarily um, – I knew that I wasn't going to be getting full night's sleep at all, but it was just more the fact of the sleep that I did get. I just wanted to be comfortable. <laughs> um, yeah. And I yeah. can confirm that my that. sleep now is 10 times better than it was when I was pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I can, yeah, resonate. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so yeah. I think – and it wasn't really – once I got to 39 weeks, I had I had always told myself that I was going to be going over due. I knew that yeah. it was very likely my first baby um, and all of that. So I was fully prepared. But I don't know, something happened. Like for me, when I got to 39 <laughs> weeks, I started seeing all the people that were due around me and they were having mm. their babies and people that were due after yeah. me were having their babies. And I was like, well, Maybe yeah. I can have my baby <laughs> early too. <laughs> um, yeah. And, yeah, I remember I also started niggling, like, a couple weeks mm. before I gave birth. And 
so it was mm. kind of almost like the oh is this the beginning like constantly yeah, yeah. um I think yeah. a couple of days before I gave birth I remember waking up at 2am and just being super uncomfortable I ended up coming down mm. into the lounge because I just couldn't get comfortable I wanted Dylan to get some sleep and um I remember yeah. even thinking that I was having like contractions so I was timing them and whatnot and then yeah nothing really yeah. came of it um but yeah, I definitely yeah. was up and down that last week. Like I'd have mm. a really good day and I'd get like a burst of energy yeah. and get heaps of stuff done. And then the next day I literally didn't leave bed. So mm. yeah. 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 And talk us through when you went into labor. So was it spontaneous? How far along were you? And yeah, talk us through your labor and birth story. Yeah. So I was 39 and four. So I woke up on the Friday morning and I had a scan that was booked just to um, like a growth scan because the oh, midwife yeah. had all kind of agreed because there was four of them all do- doing fundal hikes and stuff like that, that um, they would book all their oh, yeah. clients in for a, you know, term assessment just to make sure that yeah. all the growth and stuff was fine. And we were, they were happy to continue on, you know, to go past due dates. So yeah. I got to the, um, that was at 9am and I got there and the sonographer was sick. So they were like, oh, we have to obviously reschedule you. And I just burst into tears. <laughs> it was like, I was so looking forward to that appointment just because I ha- hadn't really had any appointments mm-hmm. that week. And I was just kind of, you know, the days had, were starting to drag out. They were really yeah, long. Yeah. So it was yeah. just nice to have something to look forward to, I guess. And so, yeah, yeah. I was super upset. And obviously mm. it wasn't the sonographer's fault, but I just ended up getting in the car. I think I got Maccas on the way home. And I literally just spent the whole day on the couch feeling yeah. sorry for myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was lots of tears. And I remember, like, Dylan trying to call me, and I was like, I don't want to talk <laughs> <laughs> to anyone right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, so – and the whole, you know, the previous days before that, I was trying to keep my oxytocin flowing. I was trying to, you know, do all of the things to help my body. But on the Friday, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to give in to having a bad day. Mm. Um, so I think I'd done some antenatal expressing maybe around two o'clock and then I had a really long shower. And Dylan got home just before four o'clock. And as he walked through the door, I was putting some washing into the dryer and my waters broke (laughs) just really you know kind of like a a small leak um that I kind of just turned around to Dylan I said I've either just weighed myself or my waters (laughs) have just broken but I'm pretty sure I didn't just weigh myself because I just went to the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) um so and at that point I was a little bit in obviously like oh shit because I was in such a negative mood that I was like you know I need to get things Mm. (laughs) positive again Um, (laughs) and I almost yeah I forgot what to do when your waters break but you're not having contractions so Mm. I did know that I needed to pop a pad on yeah just to check the color and stuff like that so I did that and then I gave my midwife a call (laughs) um yeah just because I was like I need somebody to walk me through what I'm supposed to be doing from (laughs) now yeah. And she obviously said, you know, no sex, no bath, 
hopefully contractions start, but, you know, try and relax and don't do anything crazy to try and get them to start. Um, And she did say, obviously, if they didn't start within 24 hours, I would need to come in and look at being induced um, Mm -hmm. the following day. So, yeah, that was, yeah, roughly four o'clock. And honestly, by the time I got off the phone with from her I think that's when I got my first contraction Mm, and um so I we had quite a few little things that we needed to get done I remember so like Dylan needed to go sort out just like we had some cashy jobs in the previous week so I was like you need to go pay the people (laughs) so I sent him out the door because I was like you know if we're having a baby this weekend like we don't want to be forgetting about you Mm. know all that kind of stuff um and I just kind of potted around home. I ended up texting him and asked him to buy me some Bondi Sands. <laughs> because I was like, oh, Love I that. like tag. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I had heard that people, you know, can be in that stage of labor for so long. So I was like, mm. you know, I might as well just go about my evening, you know, try and relax. I had Love Island on and I yeah. just kind of sat on my birthing ball. And because um, baby had been like um posterior mm-hmm. in the in my previous check so I was mm-hmm. quite um aware that I wanted to get you know her into a better position if I could yeah so yeah I just kind of sat on my birthing ball my contractions ramped up quite quickly though I think within like an hour I was like already having my contractions were you know I was having three and ten mm-hmm they were coming every two to three minutes. So bless Dylan. I think he ended up getting back home around 5.30 after he went and did everything. And he came in with the Bondi stands, but I was like, nah, I'm not, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it's not happening. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, And I was putting the TENS machine on at that point. Um, Which my midwife did say to me, it just was in the back of my head. She was like, try and use it earlier in labor than later if you can Mm, because she said mm. it just obviously doesn't um work you know quite the way that we like it to and most people end up taking it off if they put it in too late yeah 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 um yeah so I just at that point I think just was walking around the house and I was still timing contractions but I think by the time it got to like 6 30 I was like to Dylan I'm not timing contractions anymore mm. like I know that I've been do- having you know three and ten for a couple of hours now I know that I'm in active labor mm. um our plan was to labor at home for as long as I possibly could like until yeah. the point that I didn't feel comfortable anymore mm. So we did call my midwife just to let her know that I was, you know, like in active labor, but I'm okay to continue at home for a little while longer. So she said she'd have her dinner and um, she would also, she said that she was happy to do a house visit before we went to the hospital Mm -hmm. um, just to check progress, you know, because I did say I don't want to go there and only be like, you know, four or five centimeters. I really Mm -hmm. wanted to try and labor for as long as I could. Yeah. Honestly, within, I think, 20 minutes of making that mm-hmm. phone call, I was like, I'm going, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. I, yeah, they were coming really hard and fast. Um, mm-hmm. It was almost like, yeah, I couldn't get over how quickly I, you know, had gone from not experiencing anything 
to like I wasn't getting a break at mm. all you know so I was walking around the house and Dylan's like packing everything up and um yeah the car ride was definitely <laughs> not great um we obviously live in Hawke's Bay so with the cyclone that happened in February um the traffic can get really bad over the expressway mm. to the hospital. We've only got, we only had one bridge at the time. So yeah. anyone that was crossing over between Hastings and Napier has to use the same route. Um, so we were very lucky that, yeah, the traffic had subsided. I think we left home just after seven o'clock. Yeah. Um, but of course we did get stuck behind somebody going like 70 Ks. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was using the comb in the car as well, I remember. Oh yeah. Um, which was good. But yeah, Dylan got a bit scared at some point because he thought that I was like I kept gripping the the handle on the door. He thought uh-huh. I was gonna jump out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He um yeah, was putting the lock on the doors and things like that. So <laughs> yeah, I think we got to Waiha around seven thirty. Yeah. And um it was actually closed, which um is not kind of uncommon just due to staffing here mm-hmm. at the moment but um my midwife was able to organize for me to still labor and birth there which was nice mm-hmm. so I yeah I arrived and they asked me if I wanted to use the pool yeah and I was like no I there's no way that I could sit down right now because I was just constantly moving through my contractions like mm. you know I was either on the toilet or I was just walking around like I don't think at one point I'd sat down apart from the car ride so I was mm. like the pool's not going to help me but they were like just give it a go give it a go um and so yeah I jumped into the pool and i basically didn't leave (laughs) it was like instant relief like it was so so nice um you just feel so weightless in there Mm. which was like a really you know big help um yeah yeah so that that was nice and then yeah things just kind of got blurry from here I am kind of glad that I didn't wasn't like really set up on my birth environment too much I just knew that Mm -hmm. I wanted it dark and to have like some nice lighting and my midwife took care of that um like I didn't even have to say anything to her she just did it which was really nice yeah yeah but um yeah like I said everything kind of got blurry from here I remember Mm -hmm. like asking like can I have something more like I need something at this point um Mm -hmm. so I did try the gas I did not like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, for me, it. I know everyone's different, but yeah, I just didn't like the spaced out feeling. Um, yeah. I've already felt like I wasn't in control. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And so that just kind of didn't make me feel, it kind of made me feel a bit more anxious than anything. Yeah. So I didn't use that. 
Um, and then, yeah, I think at about 9 p.m., I just turned around and I said, I can't do this anymore. Give me an epidural. Mm. <laughs> I'm, moving, <laughs> I'm moving over to, um, you know, it was just through the double doors really to mm. the hospital, so the maternity unit. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I was like, I'm tapping out. And I said to yeah. Dylan, I said, I thought I could do it, but I really can't. Um, and... Yeah, so my midwife said to me, she was like, should I just check you again? So, sorry, <laughs> when I first arrived to the hospital, I was, yes, yeah, six centimetres. Oh, yeah. Um, and when she checked me again an hour and a half later, I was fully. Because yeah, no. I kept telling her, like, I kept saying, like, I feel pressure, like, I, mm. you know, I feel. And she just said, just go with it, just go with it. So once she checked me and said, yeah, you're fully, you can start pushing when you want to. Mm. Um, so that was really reassuring because I said to Dylan, I was like, oh, that just makes me feel so much better mm. knowing that the reason that I was thinking all these things. And I did say to him before she checked me, I said, if this isn't transition, <laughs> I don't want it anymore. I'm not yeah, if this isn't transition, then fuck this. <laughs> I'm not doing yeah. it. Honestly, yeah. like I said to her, that yeah, that was me. I was like, you know what, I can do yeah. it. If this is transition, I can do yeah. it. But if this is not transition, then I'm tapped out. And <laughs> I had no problem saying that to her. And he was like, yeah, like I get it. Mm-hmm. He was really good as well because I think the only thing that really got me through any stage of my life was the breathing techniques. Yeah. Um, everything else was kind of, like I said, like a blur. Like I don't really mm-hmm. remember a lot of what kind of happened, but I just remember focusing on my breathing. Yeah. And I do um, think that that, you know, I don't think I could have done it if I didn't mm. have control um, mm. in that aspect. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I kind of bared down, yeah, for close to an hour. And yeah. I just remember getting to like the last 10 or so minutes and just wanting it to be over. Mm. But I did find great relief from pushing. Like, yeah. yeah. It's almost like the pain just goes away. Um, mm. and it's just pressure, like, and at least you're working against it instead of, yeah, you feel like going. you're sort of doing something, doing eh? Like, something. You're, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think that's the hardest thing I felt prior to that was that I just had to surrender to the contraction. Mm. Like, I, mm. you know, I would feel myself go tense and stuff, yeah. and Dylan would remind me to like relax my face, relax my shoulders, and just breathe. Mm. And he did that for each contraction, which really helped, but. Yeah, during the pushing, I did find great relief and just being able to actually do something. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I I think just before, maybe five or so minutes before she was born, like I did say to Dylan, I said something like, are you ready to meet your baby? And mm. I was like, you know, are you – because because things had happened so fast, we didn't really have a chance to, like, say, but I said to him, you know, when the midwife – grabs because I had stayed in the pool at this point which wasn't actually part of my plan Mm. but um I just didn't want to get out (laughs) so I think you know once the midwife like um gets the baby you know and lifts lifts them up like you can announce if it's boy or a girl Mm. um before I have center skin and my midwife turned around at that point she said you're doing so well and progressing so well that I actually thought you can catch your baby yourself and I was Amazing. like, oh, I didn't even really think of that. Yeah. yeah so that was really cool. Um, obviously, 
the ring of fire. I did actually mm-hmm. like verbalize the ring of fire. I said, oh, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so she was born just before 10 o'clock, like two minutes to 10. Oh, wow. And um, honestly, like once her head was out, the rest of her just kind of came out very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to get it out, but the cord was like loosely around your neck. So I just had to mm-hmm. kind of um, unloop it and bring yeah. it up to my chest. And it wasn't really until I think a couple minutes had passed and she was on my chest that we were like, oh, is it a boy or a girl? <laughs> <laughs> and I um, lifted her up for Dylan to, to, you know, to have a look. And yeah, yeah she was a girl. And I honestly I think it's so funny because everyone thought we were having a boy. Yeah. Like everyone, <laughs> which yeah. was, yeah, everyone that I worked with, both sides of our family, <laughs> like there was very few people that thought she was a girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. And what a what a quick birth, right? Like from from yeah. your day of feeling like so pissed off about your skin and just yeah. like negative <laughs> and then going into labor in the afternoon and then your baby's here by ten o'clock. Like that's crazy. I know. And I think that's what I kept like I just remember just being in like disbelief that yeah. everything had happened so quickly. I think it was like six yeah. hours from start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and yeah, it just Sometimes I feel like I kind of, I don't know, like I missed out because I didn't mm. get to kind of have all of the stages that I was preparing mm. myself for, you know? Yeah. But yeah, in yeah. hindsight, I'm like, oh, it was nice that it was so quick and over and done mm. with. Um, yeah. I, I could do that over and over again if it was that quick. Yeah. 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 Amazing. And a couple of um things that I forgot to ask you before your birth story were you doing anything like to try and prepare your body for birth in terms of like raspberry leaf tea or dates or perennial massage antenatal expressing anything like that yeah so I was pretty much doing everything apart from the perennial (laughs) massage yeah um I had bought stuff to do it and then I just Mm -hmm. kind of never got round to it if that makes sense yeah um But I started raspberry red leaf tea. I think it was around 33 weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I started dates at 36 weeks. Um, and I was also doing antenatal expressing. So I was kind of trying to do everything anyway. Mm-hmm. And I do mm-hmm. think that I like to believe that that all helped. <laughs> yeah well who knows but you can you can think that way right like I'd yeah Yeah, exactly the same like just try all the things and hope that something works (laughs) yeah definitely and I'm like I don't know which one may have Mm. done it but Mm. I yeah I'm going to believe that's you know one of the things that I did definitely helped yeah yeah awesome cool and in your um labor like when you were still at home and when you got to the hospital I guess were you eating and drinking anything like were you trying to keep your energy levels up how were you doing that um I was definitely drinking drinking my water um but I kind of yeah didn't feel hungry um which in hindsight like I look back now and because I was in such a crappy mood on that Friday like I think I had McDonald's for breakfast and then I think I honestly had like a can of Pringles for lunch Mm. and yeah so I didn't actually really eat on that Friday so which yeah looking back I'm like definitely something that I would do because I was exhausted and so hungry afterwards Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, by the time we kind of got everything sorted, it was like midnight. Yeah. Um, so Dylan, bless him, was tired, obviously. <laughs> um, so yeah, we just yeah. ended up having toast and, you know, um, yeah. waited for the morning. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Cool. And did you need any stitches from your birth? Yeah, so I had a second degree tear. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on my labia, so not my perineum. Yeah. So I had an intact perineum, which um, I was quite thankful for, obviously working in a maternity unit. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, and honestly, it wasn't actually that bad. Like, I was more scared for getting my local yes. than getting <laughs> stitches, if that makes yeah. sense. But I didn't even feel getting my local. Yeah. So, like, just if anyone has got the same fear, like, mm. you don't feel it. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. Which was definitely nice. And I think one thing that I was unprepared for was, yeah, just the bleeding. Um, mm. You know, like, I had my shower, kind of got myself all sorted. And, yeah, the bleeding is – I ended up the next morning um, – we discharged, you know, I think 10 o'clock the next morning and we went to the supermarket and Dylan shot in and got me, um, like underwear, the disposable underwear, which was something that I had on my list to get, but I just never got round to it. Mm. Um, but yeah, those were a lifesaver afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, I wish they had those at the hospital to give out to mums because I reckon like sometimes you'll hear someone talk about it and you'll be like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not going to use those or those sound weird. I'll just use pads. But they're actually like just the best thing that you can use postpartum because they keep everything in and you can, yeah, yeah, I just can't say Like, I think I went through three pairs of underwear that night. Every time I got out of bed, I had to change like my underwear and my pad. Like, you know, it was just, so annoying and I wish that I didn't have to do any of that mm-hmm. um you know I look back now and I'm like oh so definitely for next time I know that it will um help yeah 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 awesome and how were you feeling going home like what a surreal experience taking your baby yeah. home <laughs> um and yeah talk us through the next couple of days um how are you feeling and yeah what was it like yeah, it was definitely like super surreal. Obviously, I'd sent so many babies home with their parents. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know, like I feel like a lot of the time things are maybe like romanticized a lot. Like mm. it was obviously mm. super, super nice taking her home. But yeah, it wasn't the moment that I kind of, I guess I expected that it would be. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like this like amazing, you know, moment, but it really was like, we put the baby in the car and we take her home, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. which, you know, so once we got home, it was nice. We kind of settled in because that was the other thing is that we didn't tell anyone that I was in labor. Mm-hmm. Um, we had both, I'd kind of like during my pregnancy, I don't know, I almost felt like quite protective and just... Mm. I don't know. I didn't like the idea of, yeah, people knowing that we were in labor and, you know, knowing that it could take days, you know, I just didn't want that pressure. So we didn't tell anyone. Um, So the next morning was cool because we got to obviously FaceTime both sets of our families (laughs) and tell everyone that she was here, which was, you know, a nice way for them to wake up to on a Saturday morning. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I also didn't think that I wanted visitors straight away. Um, yeah. But actually, that afternoon, my I got my mum to come over, and we had his family come over on the um, Saturday night as well. So oh, yeah, it's oh. funny. I think once she was here, I didn't feel that way anymore, and I wanted mm. to share her with people. But yeah. definitely be- before having her, I I didn't think that that would be the case. I really thought that mm. I just wanted to be in my little bubble for as long yeah. as I could be. But um, yeah, so it was nice. And that first night being at home, I was fully prepared for cluster feeding. You know, night two, mm. it's, you know, hard. And working, especially in the postnatal ward at a hospital, you know, you, I've spent so many nights, like, up with parents that, you know, are beside mm, themselves mm. because their babies won't settle. And so yeah. I was really prepared for it. I had antenatal colostrum that I was like, yep, I can use this. Mm. And she slept five hours. <laughs> she slept, like, 12 to 5. And yeah. she's pretty much done that. Or, you know, she's now doing longer stretches. But she, um, yeah, I think I feared going to bed for those probably the first week because I was mm. like, it's tonight the night. Mm. It's tonight the night that she's super unsettled. Mm. Um, but we've just been super lucky. And I, I don't think it comes down to <clears throat> anything that necessarily we're doing. Mm. I think it's just her. Yeah. Um, every baby's so different. Yeah. So, yeah, we've sure. definitely been very lucky. Yeah, amazing. And how were you feeling or how have you been feeling over the last month mentally, have you noticed any of the baby blues or like any sort of significant hormone shifts or anything like that? Um, so I definitely felt when my milk came, like the night that my milk was coming in, I just was crying. Mm. <laughs> like I couldn't even tell you what I was crying about. Yeah. I just felt super emotional. And so I was kind of like to do it. I'm going to have a shower. I'm going to go to bed early. Like you've got some colostrum in the freezer if you need to use it. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I'll be up in a few hours to feed her. And I could hear her crying down in the lounge. And obviously, so I couldn't go to sleep. So I just ended up coming down here and um, just, I think, like feeding and crying. <laughs> um, but all over the show, really. But mm, mm. I think that was really kind of my only night of feeling you know, what I would think would, yeah, the baby blues. There has been some times where she does something or my partner will say something and I just, I don't know, I feel like immense love that I just, Mm. yeah, will start crying. (laughs) Um, It's definitely something that, yeah, people, like people tell you about but you can't really prepare for until they're here. But, yeah, Yeah. it's – Definitely a ride of emotions. I mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And what about your physical recovery from birth? So how have you found your stitches have healed over the past four weeks? Really good. So I basically can't feel them, obviously, anymore. But um, the first week, I just utilized my peri um, bottle. Oh, and yes. I had a yeah. peri spray. So yeah. I didn't use any toilet paper and I literally just, yeah, yeah used the peri bottle and that was it. Yeah. I did also like shower morning and night mm. um, just to try to keep things like super clean. Yeah. 
But, um, yeah, so the first week actually was okay. And then I, like, gradually started using, um, like, toilet paper and stuff again. Yeah. But, yeah. been yeah, super lucky with my stitches. They haven't caused me any grief or anything like that. Um, I was super scared to obviously do number two. Mm. Um, like, I think a lot of people obviously are. Yeah. Um, and I had, like, I bought, like, a poop still because I remember re- watching – and reading um, Rebecca's. Oh, yes. She influenced me to buying one of those as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but honestly, I couldn't obviously use it immediately postpartum because of, like, mm. my pelvic floor. Everything just yes, felt, yeah. like, so, yeah, not great. Um, but, yeah, I ended up just, I think, having some Kiwi Crush and things like that. And Yeah. Even now still, I get, like, a little bit nervous to go yeah. but then yeah. I'm like oh it's actually fine yeah well you're still like, it's almost so close to giving birth right like a month isn't that yeah. long ago yeah yeah I know and like um the good thing as well is that I'm you know me and my partner we're super open about like I think especially me being a nurse I'm just like it's natural like it yeah everyone yeah. does it it's not taboo it's nothing so like we've had good laughs about <laughs> Yeah, and you know he's was super supportive in that first week where I think had been like you know four or five days which I think is totally normal not to have gone in Mm. that time frame after birth Mm. um but yeah he was super supportive about trying to get me to go and being encouraging things like that (laughs) so it's interesting how much our relationship has changed and how I guess open you can be now like um he's like obviously seen everything (laughs) Mm. and like yeah so I often reflect um, on that like the things I used to be embarrassed about with Joe before having babies (laughs) and then like literally I don't think there's anything that could make make me feel embarrassed now yeah Yeah. like I used to I mean you know we've been together for five years but even during like being pregnant I'd like get out the shower and I'd be like covered in a towel and mm, you know mm. like um to put my underwear and stuff on and now I'm just like oh like it is what yeah. it is walking around the house <laughs> yeah 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 so funny awesome and what about your feeding journey how have you found um feeding her over the last month and yeah what has that looked like for you yeah so we um have been quite lucky with breastfeeding the first couple of feeds that she had, I remember being just a little bit like worried that I was like, oh, maybe, you know, this isn't going to work for us because she mm. would latch onto my left side beautifully. Like I never had an issue, but I just couldn't get her latched onto my right side. Mm. Um, but now that my milk is in and stuff like that, everything is absolutely fine in the feeding department. We've been quite lucky. She did lose... I think like 8% of her birth weight in the first week. Mm. Um, I forgot to say, me and my partner both got COVID the day after oh, she no. got home. Yeah, so the day after I had her, Dylan tested positive, and then a few days later, I tested positive. Mm. Yeah. So I think my milk didn't come in like as quickly, maybe as it mm. would have. Um, yeah. But obviously, it's still within the normal range, you know, to lose that kind of weight anyway. Yeah. So... Yeah, so we've just been breastfeeding on demand, really, which is such an interesting thing because working in Skibu, like, it's so strictly, like, three or four hourly feeds. Yeah, yeah. Like, on the hour or the half hour, you know, there's – it's 
you know and then like if you fed a baby and they wake in an hour it's like why are you awake I've just fed you mm. you know mm. but obviously babies like term healthy babies really yeah. they'll just tell you where they want to be fed um, yeah yeah so you know it was kind of every couple of hours in the morning and then I did find in those first couple of weeks she would cluster feed in the afternoon early evening yeah um, but I was also super thankful because she'd stop by 10 o'clock and she'd just go straight down in her um, bed. So, yeah, we've been super lucky with nighttime sleep. So I just kind of take mm-hmm. the days for whatever they are. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I've loved breastfeeding. I didn't know if I would mm-hmm. like it. I obviously knew that I wanted to breastfeed just for the health benefits and stuff like that. But mm-hmm actually having like a little person latched onto you whenever they want to I didn't know how that was gonna go for me um but I've loved it and yeah we did introduce a bottle last week yeah that I just um pump and yeah Dylan gives it to her in the evening just because I will be returning to work around seven months so With shift work, obviously, we can't even get into a routine of, you know, she just breastfeeds at these times. Yeah, yeah. So we really needed to make sure that she could take a bottle um, for when I, you know, was on night shift or day shift or, you know, yeah. 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 Awesome. Cool. And has there been anything that you've used, like, in your recovery or that you use um, for Hadley or anything like that that you'd recommend to other mums as, like, a must-have? Um, so like definitely for me postpartum, the disposable underwear, the <laughs> yeah. peri bottle as well, um, and yeah. like a peri spray. I feel like really if you've got those things, it, everything is, you know, can kind of be super comfortable as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then for Hadley, we just kind of stuck to like the bare minimum because we didn't know what she, you know, what we were having. Mm. We didn't get a lot of clothes we didn't get a lot of swaddles or anything like that so we just have like a few things of everything um but we do rave about the love to dream which is funny because a couple of people that um have had babies around the same time as me they haven't been able to get their babies to you know like them Mm. but um, we've used them you know since the night that we came home and yeah. she sleeps, yeah. Like, and it's just so easy for nighttime changing and mm-hmm. um, not mucking around with heaps of, you know, um, mm-hmm. like the traditional swaddles and whatnot. So we haven't actually even really used our traditional swaddles, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, we'll obviously just keep and maybe yeah. give away or whatnot. Yeah. But um, we also got the Edwards & Co., um, package with the stand yeah and the stand is super helpful if you can obviously afford to get it um it's just so nice we've just got it permanently set up in our lounge and we can Mm. either click the capsule in so like it's super easy to get her in and out of or if she's fallen asleep in the carry cot on a walk I can just like bring it inside and pop the yeah yeah carry cot on the stand so yeah that's been super helpful as well yeah awesome Cool, and I'm sure there'll be so many people that listen to this episode and go, how do I replicate her birth? <laughs> um, <laughs> so have you got any, like, tips or, yeah, anything that you'd say to a mum who's giving birth 
um, sometimes soon and is maybe feeling a little bit anxious or yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. I think it's just really, you just go with it. Like Mm. I just kind of surrendered to the process. I remember as my contractions started ramping up, like in the early stages, I could talk through them and, you know, I was trying to have a laugh with Dylan and, you know, Mm. just keep moving. But, um, you know, once they kind of ramped up and I had to start focusing on my breathing and whatnot, mm. yeah, it was just surrender to the process. I also yeah. honestly think because I didn't sit down once, I don't think I sat down, obviously, apart from the car ride, from mm. when my waters broke. So, yeah. like, obviously staying upright, staying active, I think, yeah. like, played a role as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's... It, honestly it's I wish I could go and do it all over again like mm. it's not not to be scared about you know yeah. obviously um you can hear you know scary stories and all that mm. kind of stuff mm. but your journey is will be completely different like yeah no two births are ever going to be like completely the same obviously so yeah I think just try and enjoy the bits that you can yeah. And yeah, I just remember being super excited once I realized it was happening. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And trying mm-hmm. to keep that kind of mindset or, and having mm. a good partner as well. I think Dylan really helped me. And I didn't know how I wanted him to help me, obviously, because I'd never done this before. Mm. Um, mm. But like he did try a couple of times to like ask me what I wanted during a contraction. Mm. <laughs> you know, he kept like asking me things, like asking me questions. Like, to, like, tell him off in between. I'm like, I can't talk to you. Like, <laughs> you know, but yeah, having yeah. that conversation with him, you know, when I could, um, mm. I quite, I thought I wanted him to be more hands-on prior to going into labour, but I actually preferred a hands-off approach mm-hmm. and just having him there. Like, I definitely used him as I was pushing to, like, hold on to and, yeah. Um you know, help me to kind of, yeah, bear down a lot. But, you mm. know, during my contractions prior to that, I, he was quite hands-off but was there to coach me with my breathing. And mm. that definitely helped because there's no way that I could have remembered <laughs> or counted yeah. myself my yeah. breath yeah. Um, without yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Taylor, for coming on the podcast today. I've really loved talking to you and I know that there'll be so many people that love your episodes. So yeah, super grateful that you're willing to share and um, I hope that you and little Hadley have a beautiful day today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. It's, yeah, I have loved listening to the podcast. So <laughs> super um, grateful to be on it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.